So you look at this market right now, and it seems like investors are very willing to give some of these companies like airlines a pass, so much where the CEO can literally be saying on a day like today, look, we're getting more cancellation pickup. Market's okay with that. Do you think that's the right way to view it? Or are we gonna get too ahead of our skis here on kind of pricing in and the efficacy and delivery and all these things around a vaccine? Uh, Oliver, thanks for having me. Uh, clearly, value stocks have had this resurgence with uh, with all this news about the vaccine uh, from Pfizer and then today Moderna. So you've had uh, this real reversal in the markets. However, the markets are really pricing in a, a high level of perfection with uh, the news of the vaccine, the administration of the vaccine, distribution, all of those things. And so, yeah, I believe the markets are ahead of their skis and investors need to be cautious and not just jump into this value bandwagon and buy sectors like financials and energy industrials um, and be cautious. I think the growth trade, the technology trade is still warranted. And those names based on their strong balance sheets, their strong earnings are, 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 are attractive here. They've sold off a little bit. Eric, what could change that dynamic? Is it just looking for more information from these companies on getting the emergency use, getting delivery plans out, a clearer timeline, or is that still going to be superseded by the cash flow and the success that we've already seen from these big tech companies? I mean, are they just kind of in hibernation for a couple months, ready to, to wake up, uh, even if, let's say this vaccine goes totally smoothly, let's say we start getting people inoculated within the Q one of next year is is there still potential in such a scenario for the market to continue to rally through tech as being the most important companies i think so i i think the you know what we're seeing again as as i said is that uh, the markets are really pricing in perfection and so investors need to be cautious and not just jump on these trades that last a few weeks even last week for example you had the first you know two days of last week the value trade was was roaring and then the end of the week you saw the tech stocks come back here we are on monday and it looks appears that the moderna news the value trade is back online the tech stocks are down as other sectors are doing well so uh you know i'm telling my clients to be you know be prudent not to jump on this trade to keep uh to keep these growth things uh, as we head into the, these winter months, which is going to be very tough, you know, with COVID, uh, the next three months could be tough. So when I look at what you're doing right now, you do say you're rebalancing to some more of those value dividend style names. Does that just mean uh, a, a tweaking? Uh, does it mean not doing it at the expense of tech stocks? Uh, is this about keeping still a majority of stocks oriented towards growth value uh, to uh, growth in the portfolio? Or how do you then assess that if you do kind of want to dip the toe in? Yeah, I mean, we, the valuations and growth has performed so well. I mean, if you looked at the Russell 1000 growth compared to the Russell 1000 value just a few months ago, the disparity in returns was close to 40%. So we did rebalance. We took a little bit out of growth and added to some of these dividend value names that were just at really cheap valuations. Now, uh, we're holding. We're holding put. You know, we like our allocations in value. And actually, some of these growth names that have sold off are uh, are looking attractive here mm. so uh so you know we're we're certainly keeping our growth names in this environment on the fixed income side i see that uh, you're looking at munis as one way to achieve that is there yield there enough to 
create a uh, you know part of the portfolio that is more kind of a traditional fixed income yielding scenario as opposed to being stuck in treasuries? Is it sort of a, uh, in a replacement to some extent? Uh, or do you have to go out on the risk spectrum uh, into areas that some folks have said might still be under pressure, depending on how the recovery goes in terms of municipalities and cities? Yeah, no, good point. You know, the majority of our clients are in higher tax brackets, so munis do make sense for them. When you look at the yields on an after-tax basis is very important. And it's very challenging in fixed income for, for you know, clients and people who rely on fixed income for their cash needs because, you know, with the Fed cutting rates and rates so low, those yields are lower. So we have had to take a little more risk in that space. We've used uh, tax-free closed-end funds. Uh, we've lowered some credits, you know, where clients are comfortable to risk, yeah, to, ma to maintain those, uh, those cash yields, those levels that they require. For munis and the bond space overall, how much duration risk is there if we do start to see that, uh, you know, the Fed's going to stand by and not do anything different? We've got a bunch of Fed speakers this week. I think for the first time you've got a loaded schedule of Fed speakers, but nobody really expects there to be any changes too much. So if we don't have that kind of constant reassurance by the Fed, they're going to keep rates low. Uh, where do you have to have a range for that kind of tenure? What do you have to think about in terms of the next year for where that could go in terms of yield? Yeah, no, good question. I, I think next year yield and rates is going to be probably one of the biggest areas of concern for investors is that Clearly now, with all the stimulus coming in, and, and as you mentioned earlier, uh, another stimulus package, what, what, what is the result of that going to have on, on the rate markets? And if these vaccines do prove to be uh, successful and the economies open up and grow, we could see a real spike in rates. So investors need to be, need to be careful. And uh, so, yeah, we certainly have added risk in fixed income, but we've also added positions where to, to mitigate some of that risk with in, inflation protected notes, uh, certain low floating rate instruments that will uh, adjust if rates go higher. Eric, on that point, to connect it back to our conversation we began here about the tech and growth versus value dynamic, when you think about hedges to inflation, does the value uh, part of the market offer any of that same kind of purposes in, as an inflation style hedge or, who've, uh, you know, do we really know how rates are going to play out in the stock market? We, we haven't seen rates go up in so long. Do we really understand kind of what that dynamic is going to be, how much it's going to be negative growth, how much it's going to be positive value? Yeah. You know, historically, when rates go up, certain sectors like financials uh, usually perform better, right? They can right. make more money on their huge cash balances and so forth. Uh, industrials typically do well, right? The, cyc the, the real cyclical names tend to do well. Material stocks, commodity stocks, uh, companies associated with energy and gas. And you're seeing that now even play out. So, yeah, those would be areas that should perform well if we see higher inflation.